Swinging strike three. He struck out. A really impressive bottom of the eighth inning for right-hander Colby White. You know, you hear kids talk about these guys that play at this stage and stuff, and, and every kid wants wants to, and, and that's kind of molded me into being able to succeed at this level. Spencer said, Colby, you just got drafted in the sixth round. And I thought he was joking. Then I started thinking about, uh, you know, how hard I've worked just to get here and just better pitch here. And then thinking about that, I started crying a little bit. Just when I get in, I know I got three outs to get. It's me versus whoever steps in the box. They're going to catch hell for, for three outs. Hey guys, Colby here. As my journey continues, people tell me as I battle on the mound, it's really a game that's purely mental. But I understand that the physical well-being is equally important. Mike and Christy Johnson of our title sponsor, the clinic at Farmer's Med Shop, in my hometown of Foxworth, Mississippi, echo the same sentiment. When you're looking for the answer for all your health needs, call or stop by and let Mike and his wonderful staff help you be the best you can be. What's up, everybody? Hey, glad to have you back for another episode of Brushing Them Back with Kobe White. This is your co-host, William. And, of course, Kobe's along for the way. Kobe, you with us today? I sure am. Yeah, I got Kobe long distance. He's in Florida right now because all he did uh, just a couple of days ago was have his very first spring training start. And I don't want to brag on him, but he was stellar. And I'll just leave it at that. Kobe. Today, coming off such a performance, superstar-level performance, I might add, you decided to bring in a superstar guest for today's episode. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the guest we have today? Okay, so this guy is, uh, obviously, he's in the, in the battles with me, uh, has been for quite some time now. Um, he's obviously one of my, a guy I consider one of my close friends. We talk a lot and uh, really good at what he does. Uh Name James Covington. He's my agent. Uh, James, welcome on the show. How you guys doing? How we doing? Good, man. We are fantastic, James. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so James, uh, for the guys listening, guys and gals, I guess I should say. That's uh, right. Don't forget the female. Yeah, don't forget the female demographic. That's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, so, take us back to college. What what uh what kind of started? What, what were you thinking on your careers, and kind of how how you molded into being a, a the agent that you are today? Well, at first I was um you know I was writing for local newspapers through college, trying to get my way through through college and everything. Uh, and you know, you know I always had a I guess a, a hunch for trying to find players and everything. Rec- but nobody really knew, so I would tell some of our local junior colleges, uh, Cohen Southwest and everything, about guys that they never knew about. And so then, I, you know, after that, I went on and, you know, I was trying to just find a niche. I didn't really want to stay in the newspaper business being a sports writer. And um, basically, I, I met some pro scouts by writing and everything, and one guy hired me on to... You know, after he, you know, I turned him on with a few players, he hired me on to help out part-time for his organization. And I worked, I was a scout for two years, part-time. Uh, you know, I liked it, but also, I mean, I saw some of the 
bitter end of it where, you know, the cross-checkers and scouting records, if they saw a player that you like have a little bad outing, um, they pretty much crossed that guy out. Or that guy was, you know, not scouted by the team as much anymore. So um, ended up meeting Buff Cook, talked to him, um, talked to a few other guys too, but uh, Mr. Buss, you know, he was, you know, I guess he saw something in me and everything and uh, got the ball rolling. And so instead of just working for one team, I started, you know, being an agent and trying to find my players and get all 30 teams on them. So, So, and the the thing that's interesting to me um, about this whole thing is, you know, especially with me and you in our case and, and numerous others, you're not just with those guys for a couple weeks and then they get drafted and then uh, you make a bunch of money. You were with me for three years and then uh, then I finally got drafted and there was never what was what was cool to me is there was never any pressure to, for me to make a decision based off of anything. You said it was always my choice, which I obviously as a player you respect a ton because you know at the end of the day this is your job and then obviously it turns into to the player's job. And uh, and then that's that's what's kind of cool, and it's it's cool the relationship aspect of it of a guy being in South Mississippi, being right up the road that you can't get from a guy that calls you from wherever California, Illinois, wherever, and uh, and it's and it's it's a really cool thing uh, to say the least. Um, so yeah, and I, I remember you know we got some you know some trials and tribulations. I remember you was at that Dodgers workout coming out. Pearl River Community College, and I could see the the eagerness on your face to be a draftee that year. And but, you know, like I, I don't know if you remember me telling you, I was like, man, you gotta you gotta make sure this is what you want to do, because I mean, let them let those pro teams buy you out of going to college, Mississippi yeah. State at the time, you know. And and you went to Mississippi State and got what you wanted, and you know, and had a great. Great time, we made it to College World Series. Not a lot, of, not a lot of kids ever get to do that, much less get drafted. You know, so you get to that one year, you really improved your stock and got to do something a lot of kids dream of doing, by playing in the College World Series. Exactly, and uh, which is, you know, and another thing uh, I was sitting here thinking about is like, so the listeners at home, they're sitting here thinking, okay, what all goes into getting a guy drafted. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously there was a three-year process and, and money doesn't line up for me and all that. And it did, obviously I didn't get drafted those two years prior, but because of the negotiations and stuff, can you talk a little bit about on, on, on that topic? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you know, tool set. I mean, with a pitcher, you got to have velocity and some good breaking pitches and got to command the strike zone. And, you know, you, you did that well. You your first two years at Pearl River, you did that well at Western Area, um, you know, and you, you got better, you know, but, um, as far as hitter, I mean, speed, hitting for average, you know, showing power at the plate, um, having, you know, ability to change the game, you know, so um, they're, all, they're drafting guys who are game changers, so they're not just drafting your everyday players, and you kind of got to scout out talent, you got to you know, sometimes you get leads from different coaches, scouts, or whatever, and sometimes you go out and find that, find those players yourself. And, you know, and sometimes you find those hidden jewels that nobody knows about. You turn to the scouts, and 
college is on to them, and so you got to you got the next Kobe White or somebody, you know. So you know, that's a you know, those are things you, I pride myself, and I'm happy for guys I have that you know come from smaller schools and such because they don't get to see some of them don't get aren't seen as much as others, you know. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, when you sit there and look at the guys, um, not, obviously not going to put any names out there, but when you look at the guys that you represent, they're not, um, you know, they're not on national television pitching every weekend, uh, so to speak. It, you know, there's a lot of, heck, just in a 20, uh, 2019, I guess it was, uh, I can I can think of three kids from a small high school that, that went and obviously have done very well, you know, which is which is really cool because, you know, if, if, if you're not in there, talking and, and, and being in scouts ears about it, it, it doesn't get done, you know, so. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a process. I mean, you just got to, you know, one thing I do is I'll let all the scouts know and teams and uh, cross-checkers, which is above a scout, which those guys kind of get grades on what the scouts put on the player, and then the cross-checker comes in and grades them for their scouting director, and um, I let teams know each week when, my guys are pitching what, uh, as far as pitchers go and, and as far as position players go, let them know what they're hitting. And, you know, you gotta, you got to have a really, really good grounds of communication because, I mean, you, you want those guys to show up at the ballpark because some of these guys have, what people don't know, some of these scouts' territories are huge. I mean, I know some guys have Alabama, the Florida Panhandle, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Um, in Arkansas, I mean, it's it's just a huge area they have, and it's only so many ball games they can make throughout the year, um, throughout pretty much a six month grading process. So exactly. Well, and and something, uh, you know, hypothetically, you have a kid that a scout doesn't get to come around to see. Um, I, I think which is the coolest thing about the, the years prior to me getting drafted is the workouts. You know, organizing yep. the workouts, calling guys, and all that, and uh, I'm sure that is a, probably a lengthy process. And then getting all your guys there on a date, you know, that, that everybody's free. You know. Yeah, that's uh, it. It can drive you crazy, but it's uh, it's real appreciative once it's once that day's there. I mean, it's been some sleepless nights for me whenever I do line those things up, and whenever I have guys going to other teams' workouts. So it's, but um. Uh, my main focus is to get the guy seen, you know, because once they commit to me, I feel like I have a commitment to them to do everything I can to make sure they get teamed by as many teams as possible. Exactly. Kobe, before I forget this, because I'm an old man and my memory doesn't work too well, uh, James, you mentioned a gentleman uh, a few uh, minutes ago during our conversation, Bus Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've... I, understood through the conversation that uh, he mentored you a little bit in this process. Uh, Buzz Cook was a guy that, of course, came to fame with a lot of South Mississippi athletes, uh, guys like Brett Favre and, and those. Um, he he was a lawyer that became an agent. Or, I mean, he, well, he never – he was still a lawyer, but he, but he kind of segued into the agent business. Now, what was your – I heard him – I heard Kobe talking about – what you were doing in college, uh, you know, when you kind of made this decision to do this, is that were you going to school to be maybe a lawyer or to follow a legal profession? And that's no, I was going to school to be, uh, you know, I was, my my goal was to be in sports communications. So I was 
I didn't know what it was going to lead me as far as a sports information you know, director or writing for a bigger newspaper or something. You know, I was I was I was writing for you know different about four different newspapers at at one time just to get through college and everything. And you know, and then I met some some scouts through a, through a coach that coached at a junior college, and he turned he got me a process of interview with them, and uh, one of them is a good friend of mine. Hired me on to help out his team that later on, you know, like a year later, and and then you know I kind of saw the good and bad of that deal, and so I started I started like saying, hey, I want to represent players for myself, basically up to get get more teams on because it kind of irked me a little bit how somebody would come in and see a player and saw them have a bad day, and then they just didn't give them another chance, you know. So it seemed, so I was like, hey, I'm going to do this this way. And so I started talking to, you know, looking at some of the best sports agents in the South. And Buzz Cook was the number one guy. So I was like, well, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to shoot it with him. So, That's right. You got. You might as well go for the biggest dog on the porch, huh? Yeah. So it worked out. Uh, and, I mean, my first couple of years, I mean, he taught me a lot. You know, uh, I wanted to be that brash, make a big name for myself guy. And at first, and and he slowed my roll. And at first, you know, I was like, what is he really doing here? And, I mean, and it worked out because uh, I saw what he was really doing because he was, he was pretty much showing me what the road says and what not to do and what to do in this business. And, and I appreciate, I mean, there's no sense of, how much I appreciate the viable experiences he's given me. So I was just curious because uh, we, were, you know, we were talking about before we actually started recording about how this kids' game that is so fundamentally amazing. Uh, as they, you know, they segue through the the progress level, uh, like Kobe, for example. You know, it wasn't that long ago Kobe was throwing a just a mid '80s fastball at West Marion. And some guy named James Covington spotted him and said, you know what, that guy's going to pitch in the majors one day. And, and what is crazy is, is like, from the middle of nowhere, you know, like it's very easy to, to look on uh, TV and see the kid from Tennessee throwing 103 and everybody throw their, their hooks, and, uh, hooks and lines in the water and say, we're going to try to catch this fish. But when you find the guy that nobody is on, and stick with them for years. That is that is what is impressive to me. And there's so many guys. And uh, I mean, there's some from around was it Smithville or Smithdale, one or the other, a big time arm, and just blew up all of a sudden. And it's like James was on it from the beginning. And it's like I don't know. That, that that's what's cool about this is just seeing the backstories on everything leading up. And we to had, it. I mean, 2019, a kid that nobody even knew about. He ends up being the fastest player in the draft from Little Lloyd Star, running six one sixties, which is well into like a four one fourteen forty. That's lightning fast. He's with the Chicago White Sox organization, and that's a kid who I felt like could, could really make a name for himself, and he did. You know, but it's just uh, one of those things where he. Kind of had him hit out, and then boom, you know, put the right seasoning and put them in the right 
helping him be in the right situations as far as some of the showcases and events he went to. He took off, and then he had a great season. So, yeah. James, I got a quick question for you about that because I've I've noticed how you've stressed the smaller school emphasis. Do you you work? It seems like to me you work backwards from what the norm is. You know, they the max prep guys and the and the top rated players in the country. You know, everybody's out there trying to get them, and then they eventually work their way down, and then they stumble across. You know. Guys like Billy Hamilton, for example, that came out of Mississippi, was not recruited that much at all. The dude could run like the wind. Somebody spotted him, and you know, then he's had a productive major league career. So you work backwards. You you go looking for those hidden gems in the little small schools. I heard Kobe make a reference to Smithville, Mississippi, which is about the size of a local Walmart. So, uh, you know, that's, is that what you do? You you go looking for those hidden gems. And work your way backwards to the larger names, or or do you have you just yeah, kind of saddled your? I'll put my name in the hat with the larger names, but I'm you know you know what you're up against. I mean, uh, Sky Boris's of the world, people like that. I mean, it's you know those are the guys that are going to be already in there on those guys. And then you got, I mean, I hate to say it, you have sometimes you have you got to know what battle you're facing. So I mean, so I'm going after guys. I feel like have long-term projectability into becoming a, you know, higher-end guy, you know. Uh, so you have, you have to get on early, whether at a small school or a bigger school. But, you know, most of my guys have been smaller school guys, three or below, and it seems like they've, they've done really well. So, and, which is, could be a little bit of luck, could be just a good eye, who knows. But, you know. You know. Another thing I, I'd, I'd like to kind of talk with uh, so everybody can hear, obviously the minor league baseball salary uh, is as low as it is, and a lot of guys live off of their bonuses and obviously invest some. And, and, and But cool thing to me is when you start talking endorsements and, and how you work for that and, and how probably, I guess, nerve-wracking that process may be, but uh, – how does that, is that more of a relationship thing with the, with the uh, companies or is it kind of just, what is it? How does it kind of, how, do, how is that process? Uh, some of it's relationships, some of it's just, you know, calling them and calling them until you get a, until you get a deal. And, you know, with, the, with a guy like you, the numbers he put up last year, it was easier to get some deals than some other guys. Um, you know, you got a new balance, you got a four four. Um, just did a top card signing, so I mean, having yeah. previous relationships help, but also I mean, having having a player with numbers makes it a little easier. So exactly, and what what's cool to me is, you know, it fills that gap with income for guys in the minor leagues. Like when you're making uh, nine thousand, twelve thousand dollars a year, any other, you know, any other amount of money you get for doing those kind of things. It, it just it seems like a million dollars, obviously, in the in, in the minor leagues. And I'm very thankful that you work how you do for us on that stuff. And uh, it's a really awesome thing that that happens when you know. Obviously, your whole life as a kid, you grow up seeing baseball cards, and you never once think, "How did this come about? How was this negotiating with this?" And then, you know, it, it was some agent talking to to tops or whoever it may be, Panini, whatever. Uh, and it's like, you know, that's a cool. 
cool thing, obviously, for the player to, to say, hey, I've got a baseball card and my signature's on it. And not only that, I got paid to do it. I got money in my bank account for that. So it's, it's really awesome. Funny, a funny story. Last year, whenever people was pulling your card out and you were, uh, after you signed those stickers and I'm on the wrong jersey, you call me, ask if you got traded. <laughs> like, no, I mean, you're part of the, what they call the rare error card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the craziest thing. I get on the phone. I was sitting there. I was looking on Twitter, and people were tagging me in it. And I was like, what in the world? Called James. Like, I didn't get traded, did I? We laughed for about four or five minutes, and then he's like, yeah, man, they made an error on the yeah. card. I personally, yeah, I personally am glad they screwed that up because I I now have one of each, the real card and the error card. Well, I don't know how you, yeah, I don't know James, before Kobe hits you with another question, I, I got a, a curiosity question because from what I'm hearing, the conversation between you two guys, you seem like a very down-to-earth, blue-collar, hard-working kind of guy, you know, nose to the grindstone, you know, dedicated to the craft, you know, all those cliches you hear. So let me paint a picture for you. This, this, is, this is who you are. You are sitting in a tournament at, uh, I don't know, Terry, Mississippi, let's say, and you're you're uh, you're checking out some some teams like Hazelhurst High School, and you're checking out some places like uh, Germantown, you know teams like that. And you're sitting there with your with your faded blue jeans and your and your six year old New Balance, you know, scuffed up a little bit, you know, just a standard t shirt and a jacket, possibly maybe an LSU cap pulled down, you know, slightly over the the brow, over your brow, and you're just checking everything that's going on on the field you're checking it out because you never know who the next big thing's going to be now is that it is that a pretty fair assessment of if you're there that's what you are oh pretty much i mean um i would say i mean usually i'm wearing boots so i'm not oh sorry (laughs) sorry well you made the new balance reference i wanted to make sure if new balance heard this we 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 were referencing so yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to get New Balance mad with y'all. Yeah, but uh, New Balance is a great company. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I'm, I'm just trying to find guys that I feel like, you know, can play. And most of the games I go to now, scouts are at, and you know, some of these scouts I became really good friends with, and you know, we like to we talk about other players and. I'll get turned on to a guy, and I'll turn him on to a guy, and vice versa. But it's a it's a cool business. I mean, it's but also you got to know where you stand because on draft day is draft day can be pretty stressful and on on everybody because you just you just never know. I mean, with Kobe's draft day, how he was at practice, and you know, and out of the blue, you know, we was thinking he was going to go anywhere from eight to eight to twelfth round, so he was late day two, so early day three, and he goes sixth round, and, you know, Tampa Bay called, and pretty much, you know, they called me, will he, will he take this such and such in, in the sixth round? And and I said, yeah, we, we got a deal made. Now, until they until they actually call your name, you don't actually know the deal's done because 
sometimes they'll call and you can be plan B, you can be plan A, you can be plan C. It just depends on where that board falls and what they really want. So Tampa Bay had this, they really wanted Kobe. So, so we made the deal and he's at practice. He'll probably tell you more about it. And I think he found out from teammates and he got drafted before you know, then he calls me back, and I'm sure he saw my missed calls. So. Yeah, well, what was funny to me about the whole deal is we're at practice and laid our phones down in the locker room and all that, and we had forgot all about it for a little bit. And then I'm in the training room, and a guy does have his phone on him and tells me I get drafted, and it was like that whole day it was kind of an anxiousness, a, wow, my, you know, my life is going to change today or possibly tomorrow or whenever. And it was kind of like, forgot about it a little bit and uh and then it happens and then it's like wow this is and all of a sudden everything happens in seconds it's like the world is no longer a, a minute to minute hour to hour day to day it's seconds two or three seconds and boom you get a call here you get a call there and uh, yeah it was it was very cool it was a, it was a cool surprise and ever since then i hadn't liked surprises so <laughs> you never know it's like yeah it's like you know ne- i mean you never know when uh well, what's going to happen, obviously, you know, just chaos. That same, that same year, I had a University of New Orleans All-American, Reeves Martin. He got drafted by Seattle, and he was, uh, this was on day three, and uh, he uh, he was in the shower because whenever he got drafted, and he was, he, I guess he just got out of the shower, and he saw where he, um, he missed my phone call like twice, and he got drafted by Seattle. And so you just never know. Some of these guys, sometimes the guys, just have to channel themselves out because of the stress of the day and the anxious of the day. So. Well, well, James, uh, Kobe, it embarrasses him a little bit, but that moment you guys were just talking about, we actually have a, an audio snippet that immortalizes that moment within the actual theme to the intro to this show. So when you're checking out your episode, you'll, you'll catch it. It's near the very end of the intro. So, uh, yeah. Kobe, the, Kobe telling that story though. Uh, initially, he actually told his draft day story initially on another podcast I was actually doing, where he was a guest, and uh, the uh, he the excitement of that moment that far removed, like it, this was, um, I don't know, it's a year and a half ago, I guess now. The excitement of that moment, he still every time he talks about it, you see his eyes light up and the voice gets a little higher. So that's I told him that's a moment that anybody would want to hear. And then and then he gives me that humble pie routine, you know. You know the humble pie, you hear it a lot from him. I tell him every now and then he's gotta embrace his superstar mentality. <laughs> he's worked hard for it, man, and I mean it was some ups and downs for him, you know, to, to get to work get to that moment it's been some ups and down to get to where he's at now and um, I just I feel like it's only going to get better for him so the future's really bright so Kobe and I have chatted uh, about you know a, a few of the guys you represent uh, you got quite a stable of athletes now um, that that moment I painted earlier where you're at the ball field you know cap down focused on everything that's going on do you get more opportunities to go to to the ballpark or are you getting less because of all the guys you're having to keep up with now um do you feel like you're do you feel like you're getting enough opportunities i guess would be the best way to ask that question um it's about, it's about even i mean you make the most out of each day so i mean 
Um, some guys I'll get to later on in the season because I want them to get, you know, get in more of a groove. And some guys I'll, you know, I'll, I'll check in with most of all the guys I'm recruiting that's already committed to me or already got the sign, you know, each week. So, so you know, first and foremost, you, you just got to make sure you're there for your guys. And some guys are texting me out of the blue saying, hey, I need some bats, I need this. And I'll get them orders and then I'll send it, you know, and everything. But, you know, you, you got to be talking to, networking with all sorts of people from bat companies to bluff companies all the way down. And then you got to go to the games and try to find the next at your talent because – it's no rest for the weary, as they say. Well, you were talking about no rest for the weary. I was about to ask you a follow-up to that. When do you sleep? Do you sleep during football season or basketball season? Uh, football season. Because I was thinking, say, during baseball season, I don't know when you have a, t- a chance to put your head to a pillow. Yeah, I mean, I make time for it, but, you know, it's a, it's a point where, you know, you just have to uh, – some days where it's, it's a grind, man, and some days when it's raining like today, I appreciate not having to go to the ballpark. So, but um, yeah. I like it. Some days I'll make four or five games, a, you know, a day. I mean, so and some day, some days I'll it'll just be one game. So it's just what you make for it. So. How many hours on average throughout the course of a of a year, but but weekly, do you think uh, you put in? At ball fields, talking, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm never, I mean, I, uh, I've never really thought about it, man, honestly. I just do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so, um, exactly. I, I guess I get in that mentality where, hey, which, after you do it for so long, you just keep doing it. And you really don't think about anything else. So, I guess yeah. at this point it becomes life, kind of like the baseball yeah, pretty much. Sure, they are taken care of and 
throughout their whole career because you only got such a small window to you know, maximize your numbers that you can make. So, like I tell guys, if you're signing autographs 10 years from now, you've done really good for yourself. So. I know Kobe might have two or three more additional questions for you, but I personally feel like I would be letting our listeners down if I didn't ask this question. This is one of those state of the of the uh, league type questions. You know, we just got through this whole nonsense with the lockout. We're back playing baseball again. Um, where do you personally, where do you see the state of the game right now in this moment? Is it better than it was, you know, when you started? Is it worse? Is it somewhere in the middle? It's better. I mean, the players are definitely getting paid more. So, I mean, that's always a plus. I mean, if you can increase the annual salary and and hopefully it it keeps getting better, I mean, for the players. I mean, I'm I'm a player's first guy, so I want the players to get more and more maximum attention and credit towards their careers. So, you know, I feel like the game's in a good, going in a good direction. Hopefully there won't be any more lockouts in the, in the next few years or whatever. So. That's... As, as bad as it is, you know, the lockout from the fan side and all of that, like what you were just talking about, without the lockout, the salary doesn't go up. You know, and, and I, I read a, a stat. This might be, and I, I'm sure I'm going to botch the numbers by a percent or two, uh, but it was saying like, um, it was like 57% of guys that play in the big leagues make under $100,000 a year. And then 27% of guys that play in the big leagues make under $1 million. And then the rest make more than a, it's like five million or something like that. So I mean, uh, over half of the guys in the big leagues, because of service time, manipulation, and all that, they're making less than. I mean, what's I mean? I, I guess closer to a hundred thousand is a respectable income. But when you're talking about billions of dollars, it's really not. It's not a big portion of, of the revenue being made going to the guys that are actually bringing fans to seats you know if uh, if the owners are, are playing this game it's going to be brutal and nobody's going to come watch you know <laughs> so that's right yeah it's uh it's a crazy but i'm glad every, i'm glad everybody's playing ball now so i'm glad you guys are back to playing and i can watch you on tv and, and come check out your games so. for sure well, James. Hey, how was that uh being hey. on tv by the way Man, it was a, uh, it was kind of crazy. It was kind of a college feel again. Like everything I do right here, I'm on TV. Can't dig in my nose and dug it out. Can't, you know, can't mouth anything a little bit profound because it'll be, that'll be on TV too. You know, you get people. So it's like, you know, you gotta watch what you do. So <laughs> you're right. Don't want to end up like that. Yeah, don't want to end up like Doug McKay. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, I have had an absolute blast. Kobe, you got anything else for the man? I mean, you talk to him every day. I'm glad we covered a lot of what we covered, though, because this is another one of those episodes that's been extremely educational for me. Uh, I've always been intrigued with the business side of baseball. Um, So I'm I'm glad that we had this conversation because I learned quite a bit. Exactly. That's all I had, too. Uh, I want to just thank James for uh, for being on today and – Hopefully our listeners really enjoyed the conversation. I feel like they will. Hopefully it was a kind of puts more things in a perspective for them on that side of it because obviously players need some business guys on, on that side of it for sure. So uh, thank you for being on and thank you for uh, everything you've done for me in my career. Anytime, man. I appreciate you. God bless both of you guys. Hey, James, before you get out of here now, I – Let's say we got somebody in, I don't know, where Mississippi is going to be listening to this or Shanghai, China, wherever, and they got a 7th through 12th grade uh, little semi-star in the making, and they want to know how in the world can James O. Covington, and the O stands for outstanding, I was told, how does James O. Covington represent them in the future? How can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? He made a a very... uh, uh, a very vague Facebook reference to you earlier because you are a Facebook superstar. I have stalked your page. It's pretty impressive. But how can how can well, people find you so you can find them? Um, I would tell them to just Google me or contact you. So. Google me. You know you have made it when you say Google me. <laughs> That's the be- that's the second best answer you gave today. <laughs> All right, I like I said, James. I can't thank you enough, brother. All right, thank y'all, man. Kobe. Yes, sir. Any parting words for the viewing audience today? I, th- I believe that's it. Thank y'all for tuning in. All right, guys. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time. Now a word from our sponsors. Honesty, integrity, and hard work. These are characteristics that drive me on my journey. The same can be said for Hunter Forbes and his crew. So call or contact Forbes and Son Wood Products, LLC, in Sandy Hook, Mississippi, for all your timber harvesting needs. Hey guys, Colby here. Check out my new project, Brushing on Back with Colby White, currently on Anchor.fm and Spotify. Coming soon to anywhere you catch podcasts. This podcast is an open discussion about not just the game of baseball, but the avenues taken by so many to achieve the highest level of success in the sport. Each episode will feature a guest commentator that will provide his or her perspective and or life experiences concerning the topic of the day. We're trying to provide a new fresh look at a classic game.